We stay curious, then we are willing to really show up and listen without front-loading our own agenda. It's curiosity that says, you know, tell me your experience. How did you land on that conviction? And instead of seeing these differences as something that has to stay as a permanent wedge, but to rather say, okay, like, how can I put this person over my personal position? Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. small talk friends. We are continuing our little series on relationships. And this week we have our friend Becky Keefe with us. Becky has been in my life for many years, which I'm so glad about. She's the community and editorial manager of Encourage, a website I co-founded way back in 2009. (laughs) And I'm still a contributing writer for, but Becky and the team do an amazing job of running it these days. And so we're really excited to have Becky with us. She's going to talk with us about the book Come Sit With Me, which is a compilation from many different Encourage writers, all talking about relationships. I love that it says being human is hard. Being human in relationships is even harder. I may have butchered that a little, but (laughs) (laughs) the gist of it is, yes, that relationships can be tricky. So Come Sit With Me is an invitation not only to come sit with the writers, but also helps us say, come sit with me to the people in our lives, even when that is tricky. So we're excited to talk about this with you today, Becky. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, if there's anyone listening who has never had a difficult relationship or has never stumbled over differences or felt uncomfortable, um, please message me because I want to hear your story because I feel like most all of us just relationships can be can be difficult. And so I'm so grateful for these 26 different voices, yours and mine included, Holly, just getting to to share our stories and see that sometimes it's the circumstances that we really want to run from that are the very places that God is saying, no, I'm I'm there. Lean in, see me, and let me walk with you in it. Yeah. You know, we live in a world that that feels kind of chaotic and divisive. A lot. <laughs> and yeah, so like, kind of, or, yeah, kind of, or, yeah. It, it, it is a lot. And that's why I think I'm very intrigued by the, the stories that are in this. And I read yours and you came from a point of view where your parents had divorced and that brought a lot to you. And so like when you were writing your story, who were you writing it to? And what was your hope for that woman as she read your story? I was writing certainly to other people who have been impacted by divorce, um, but really to any woman who has felt like this relationship is never going to change. Mm-hmm. Like it has been five, 10, 15 years and it is still broken and painful 
And it's just always going to be this way because I've been there and that's how I felt um, with, with my family and specifically with the dynamics between my divorced parents um, into my own adulthood. And so I, I wrote my story with the hope that other people would believe what at times I didn't. And that is that what is impossible for people is not impossible for God. Mm-hmm. And that he is in fact working on our behalf behind the scenes at all times. And we can, we can trust him for that. Yeah. I, I loved that you described how just it brought in all of these different dynamics and and yet what I also love though, Becky, and I love this a lot, is that you said as God began to do his miracles, that there was a process of humility that came into that process for for you and for others, and that that was also part of the miracle. So I have been raised in in dysfunction and chaos. And there came a point where I needed in my own heart to be at peace, whether anybody else was signing up or not. <laughs> and it, it sounds like that's a, a place where God began to do miracles for you, even as he was working in these other areas. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you bring up that piece about humility, that was part of it, to, to find that, that, that peace meets humility in my own heart to say, I am willing, I'm able by God's strength and grace to show up and to engage in these interactions with the focus of loving well, regardless of how other people choose to act or respond. And I think that that was a big thing because oftentimes I think we are waiting. We are waiting for someone to apologize. We are waiting for someone to to treat us the way that we had hoped to be treated or to be loved in a certain way or for reconciliation to happen and it unfold with a certain picture in mind. But I think humility says is that I'm going to continue to trust God to, to step into situations, not without healthy boundaries, like we need to have healthy boundaries, right? But also, yeah, just with, with a posture of humility that says, I am going to listen maybe more than I speak. I'm going to just love well, even if I don't get the response I'm hoping for in return. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I love this book, Come Sit With Me, because it's really a handbook of best practices for hard relationships. <laughs> so yeah. you were involved shaping this whole project. So as you engage with that, what are some of the key takeaways? So if I said, I will have better relationships by, how would you fill in that blank based on what you've learned through hearing all these stories? That is, a, that is a great question. There's so much in this book, but to, to, to boil it down to a couple of things, one thing that comes to my mind is that I learned from our wise and humble friends is I will have better relationships um, if I stay curious. Mm. Michelle Couchat talks about that in her chapter specifically about, about staying curious when you'd rather run away. And how oftentimes, especially when it comes to differences, and I think especially in the last few years, we are all keenly aware of our differences, our political differences, our our our, our social differences, the way we think that things should happen at church, like so many things that can just be this division. But she talks about how when we stay curious, then we are willing to really show up and listen without 
front loading our own agenda. It's curiosity that says, you know, tell me your experience. How did you land on that conviction? And instead of seeing these differences as something that has to stay as a permanent wedge, but to rather say, okay, like, how can I put this person over my personal position? And so curiosity, I think is a big one. Yeah, that's that's really good. And what would be the opposite of that? If I said, I really need to watch out for this in my relationships. What did you learn about what doesn't work so well? Well, it doesn't work well to make assumptions and mm. bulldoze people <laughs> like that. <laughs> that well. <laughs> it also doesn't work well just to cancel people. Mm. And that was another thing that I learned from Michelle that she discovered when she was dating, who is now her husband, that they had political differences and her knee jerk reaction was like, it's over. Like it's over. Um, (laughs) This is, this is a deal breaker before even having a conversation with him about it. And so I think that that can be our tendency. And I think that what that really is rooted in is fear. Mm -hmm. We are afraid of being wrong. We're afraid of being misunderstood. We are afraid that something really will be the dividing factor um, in a relationship. But I think when we come with curiosity and and another word that I learned that I've clung onto is tenderness Mm -hmm. and tenderness. Tasha June talks about it is a posture that says like, you are a person And you come with your own story and your experiences and probably a lot of hurt along the way. And I do too. And let's be tender with each other's stories as we work on um, this relationship. And so I think those two hand in hand, you could, you could be kind of like, like fiercely curious, like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, or (laughs) kind of like in a bullish kind of way. Well, you know, tell me, you're not asking for someone's talking points. You're asking to, to, to know them in a deeper way because you value the relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a good distinction. Something that I love is that you say connect before you correct. And I think that in today's world, we kind of have that backwards, right? We want to uh-huh. go like, I don't, cause I don't like conflict. So <laughs> I'm not going to be correcting anybody. I, I really want to seek to connect with people, but um, tell me about how we can do that better or where you've seen a win or maybe like a really big bomb. Cause we've all done that. Right. Where we try to like, I'm going to speak into your life right now. And people are like, mm, ouch. Like, don't. <laughs> right. Or maybe not. Well, I think that word connect is the key to not stepping on these relational landmines. And, you know, I love social media. I think it can do a whole lot of good, but it has done a whole lot of bad because this is like a prime feeding ground for people who are so eager to correct one another with no basis of connection. And so the very title, Come Sit With Me, Sometimes there's certain conversations or certain corrections that should only be done when you are actually sitting next to someone that comment threads are actually not the place to, to, to really listen to someone's heart and offer your own and then come to a place of possibly saying, Hey, did you consider this? I'm concerned that your point of view may be skewed by this, but I think things just blow up and it doesn't do anyone good when we just come at this 
with this mentality of it doesn't matter who it is behind the screen who's saying these things. I know I'm right. And so I'm going to just zing you. I, I, I've never seen that lead to deeper connection or really any fruit of, right, right. Uh, of reconciliation or growth. Have you? No, mm-hmm. no, I haven't. I've just seen it implode yeah. and, and leave shrapnel. You know, yes. I think that's the thing that we don't understand is that when we correct before we connect, we leave a lot of damage and it's not just to the person we're correcting, like, right, especially right. on social media, because how many people are watching that unfold? And it it does. It leaves a lot of damage. What I love most about this book, I think, is just the whole concept of come sit with me. Because if I can sit with 26 women and hear their stories from their experience and their background, and we can talk through these hard things in relationships, I feel like there's a chance of growth and encouragement there. And so... Just just want to let you know, like, I'm a huge fan of the concept of this book for sure. Yeah. I learned so much along the way because each chapter also ends. So there's a, there's a story and then there's a section, you know, come sit with me and learn together. Mm-hmm. And that's really saying like, hey, like inviting the reader, how is God working in your life? How could you apply some of these things? And then each chapter ends with a section of questions to sit with. There's three questions to ask yourself and three questions to ask God. And I know that sometimes I read a chapter and I'm like, okay, that was great. I don't really feel like where that applies right now, but I know that like Holly, you said like, this is going to be like a guidebook to later because we are all going to face different types of relational challenges. Or I have absolutely read something and I'm like, oh, that is for my friend so-and-so and that's for my friend so-and-so. And it can just like speak so directly to our hearts. And I think the power of story does that because we know like, oh, I thought I was so alone. I thought I was the only one who loved Jesus and still like couldn't fix my relationships. No, we are 26 women who love Jesus (laughs) and we can't, we can't fix it on our own. And to learn that come sit with me, it's an invitation to others and also asking God, would you come and be with me? I need your presence in this place. And that ultimately is what gives me a whole lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you say to the person who's listening, who's saying, I hear the invitation, come sit with me. And I'm scared. Like, that's really scary because I've tried and I got really hurt and I want to try again. I'm just really nervous about it. What would you say to someone who's in that place? Yeah. Well, I would tell you that there's another chapter that I think would speak to you and it's by a friend, Lucretia Berry. And she talks about the gift of time and how God is really gentle and gracious in giving us time. And she was in a position where she was deeply hurt by someone and was wrestling with her unforgiveness. And God really said, like, I'm with you. Like, you don't have to rush this process. There's also a chapter by Bonnie Gray, and she talks about toxic relationships. And so I just want to bring that up because the things in this book, like they do not apply if you are in any type of emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically abusive relationship. Like if you feel like this is too hard because there could be elements of abuse, you do not, we're not telling you to press in. We're not telling you to fix it or to to forgive. Um, So I just, I feel like that that's a, that's an important caveat to say at the same time, I think that what 
a reader will find is a whole lot of gentle cheerleaders saying, I know it's hard, but it's also really worth it. Even your story, Holly, you share about how you had a conflict with your, with your daughter and how you were like worried that kind of this, this conflict was going to fracture your relationship, but what happened instead? How did Lavelle take that? (laughs) We had a very challenging conversation, our biggest fight still. And I hate conflict, like hate. And I had put this off forever and we are both very emotional and I am not a very emotionally expressive person, but I think I raised my voice. I pounded the table at one point. Like I didn't say anything mean, but there, you know, there was a lot of passion there. And at the end, Lavelle looked at me and said, I feel loved. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> and it was that I cared enough to fight for us. I wasn't yeah. fighting with her. I was fighting for us. And those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. And I learned that people in our lives don't want us to fight with them, but they absolutely want us to fight for us, for the relationship, for connection, for unity, to go forward together in a healthier way. And so that was such a transformational moment for me. She'll still sometimes say, Mom, you remember that fight? That was my favorite. I'm like, like, what? But it also made her see, you don't have to walk on eggshells around me because if something's off between us, I'll tell you. You know, like you don't have to wonder. I'm going to bring it to you even if it's hard. Like you are worth the hard conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that can make people feel loved in a different way than when we just tell them, I love you. I'm here for you. I'm grateful for you. If we are like, I'm willing to put myself on the line and risk getting hurt because I believe that much in you and in us, that speaks love, I think, in a very different but powerful way. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that that story just really stuck with me because, yeah, I'm one who I would rather avoid the conflict as well. You know, learning to be a, a peacemaker in my home from from a young age. But I think you're absolutely right. And I think that that was one thing, too, that even though my knee-jerk reaction in my chapter I share about was my mom, after years of, of, of pain and very apparent animosity between my parents, she asked, you know, what would you think if I invited your dad to Thanksgiving? And I was like, um, no, (laughs) do not come sit with me. (laughs) That sounds absolutely terrible. But because of that humility that we talked about on, on really the behalf of, of my mom and the work the Lord was doing in her heart. And then my dad, who was, that was really surprising that he would even accept the invitation and all of this. And then I realized that, that we were sitting together at this table, not because things were perfect, not because there was a, wasn't any tension or that erased all of those years of brokenness, but exactly like you said, Holly, like there was a desire to say, I care about this family enough to do something hard with the hope that it will lead to a bit of healing. And I feel like that's what I want the woman who reads this book to hear and to know is that it, it is going to be hard. If you are looking for like a three easy steps, this is real and a lot more complex than that, but it is worth it. And there is hope. And the thing I think every writer of this book has seen in her own life is that God really is faithful to meet us in the middle of our brokenness, in the middle of what feels like an impossible gap to bridge. And he wants to be that bridge with us and for us. Yeah. 
You know, Becky, you were the editor on this book, Come Sit With Me, but you also have written another book. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my uh, most recent book, apart from Come Sit With Me, is a book called The Simple Difference. And the subtitle is How Every Small Kindness Makes a Big Impact. And so this also kind of deals with relationships Mm -hmm. and how we relate with God and experience um, his kindness. And then how he's inviting us to not just do more. It's not about random acts of kindness, but it's really an invitation to see more, to see more of the people right in front of us, to see more of God's love towards us and more of the Holy Spirit's power within us and how he wants to um, invite us to be conduits of his kindness right where we are with really exactly what we have. Yeah. It feels like that could be like a two for one. (laughs) Like (laughs) like it feels like both of those are really um, healthy tools in where we live right now. Yeah. And I feel like Come Sit With Me was written in community. It's about community. It's very community focused. And then the simple difference is individually, how do I live this out? So I love that, you know, that they do go together quite well, which is why we wanted to mention both. So Becky, thank you for being with us today and for all you do for Encourage and putting your words into the world in so many different ways and being a shepherd of the words of others too. So if someone is saying, okay, I'm ready. I want to come sit. (laughs) I want to try this. I want to learn what's next. First, how would you recommend people read Come Sit With Me? Because it's really made to be experienced in relationships. So if you could tell us a little bit, like, how do you recommend people engage with this book? And then where can they find out more about it as well as The Simple Difference? Yeah. So, I mean, come sit with me. It's absolutely a book that I would recommend actually kind of like two approaches to read it on your own. Because like I said, there are those questions at the end of each chapter to, to process like in your own personal story, as well as with the Lord. And I wouldn't be surprised if it stirs some things up in you, some things about like, Oh, I didn't know I was grieving over that friendship or I had lost hope for, you know, this relationship or even for my marriage. Um, and it might stir some of those things, but you're exactly right, Holly, that you will get the most out of this by doing it in relationship. And so it is a fantastic book to do with a book club or a small group. Um, and in fact, I've helped compile 40 questions in the back to help you go deeper in relationships. And there's questions to help you um, just get to know someone and learn their story to figure out, you know, your communication styles, all kinds of things. So it's really a great resource to say, Hey, I want to find some hope, some healing, some, some fresh starts to deepen relationships, maybe they're just starting. And so, yeah, would love to see people doing it as, as a book club for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Come sit with me is available. Like authors like to say, wherever books are sold. Um, but you can find out more information and all those links at encourage.me. That's encouraged with an I dot me slash come sit with me. And then the the simple difference is also available uh, anywhere you can find books. And you can also find about more about that at my personal website, um, beckykeefe.com. And yeah, I would love to, if if you read one of these, um, I personally and encourage would love to hear from you and just hear how God is meeting you in these pages, because I really believe that he will. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Becky. We love to be in with you and we are cheering you on and all you're doing. 
Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.